Welcome to another Strong Towers podcast. Sorry, I'm way too excited. I had nowhere to go from there. And that's our B-roll clip. Yeah. Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up and become strong. Hey guys, welcome back for another uh, Strong Towers Podcast. We've got a, an exciting episode this week. We've been talking through challenge and, and Mike and John and I have been focused on kind of those three places of spiritual, mental, and physical challenge that we've gone through with uh, with our friends from the Bramblett family. And we realize that there are a lot of other categories for challenge as we have talked through this. But John's wife brought up relational challenge, specifically as it relates to men and women um, and, and the relationships that we have with our, our wives and girlfriends, pre-wife, I guess. And we thought that was a great idea. And so since she dropped the hand grenade in the room, we brought her into the studio to talk through a relational challenge with us. So, hey, Brooke. Hi. So what was the idea behind relational challenge being a part of or being a focus for the series? Uh, it just It seemed like it was the next inevitable topic. I listened to all the episodes so far that have been put out and they were all, I mean, spot on challenges that men face and even some that, you know, women can relate to very easily as well. And it just seemed like relationships are such a huge part of all of our lives. How could you not tackle that topic as well? Because as good as relationships are with various people, that still fits that category of challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of felt like, too, that this is, just as we were reflecting back on where we've come with physical challenge, mental challenge, spiritual challenge, and that those are places that we all obviously know we're capable of more. We desire to have more. But as soon as Brooke said, you know, relationships, you know, the, the challenge of men pursuing the women in their life romantically. You know, so like you said, Tom, girlfriend, fiance, wife that I think that probably brings up for a lot of guys that greatest sense of, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, we talked about running a race, and there was some intimidation with that. And we've talked about some of the mental challenges with work or just balancing all of life's demands. And we've talked about the spiritual challenge. And I think that one just tends to bring up a sense of, I should be doing more. I could be doing more. I want to be doing more. But as soon as I heard Brooke say, you guys should do an episode on, on the challenge of romantic relationship. I mean, even there, I just had an internal thought of, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And well, it really could have been subject on its own, right? I mean, it, it wrapped up pretty nicely in this challenge, but it, we could have done a whole series on just this topic alone. So I think it's, it's great that yeah. we're bringing it into the challenge part. And also the fact that realistically, it, it did kind of tie into Ragnar too, because if you remember the finish line, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where everybody was, right? So Yeah. I think, John, the... The scary part, though, and we've talked about this definitely in, in all the other categories, is the idea of challenge as a means for growth. 
Yeah. And so when you bring that into the relational aspect, like, okay, what is that? Like, I've been married for 13 years in a couple of weeks. What does that mean to still be growing in my relationship with my wife? Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the things that John and I were talking about as we were tossing back and forth ideas for this podcast was, you know, there's that infatuation stage, that initial first date stage where you're just getting to know each other and it's all fireworks and, you know, it's so exciting and new and that's fabulous. But when it starts to then grow into something deeper, those challenges, there are there are challenges along the way then too that are different and also grow mm-hmm. as the relationship matures. And they just, it's not that it becomes more difficult, it's just that as the relationship changes, the challenges change, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It's not a, necessarily a negative thing. It's just right. a new and different part of the relationship. Yeah, it keeps shifting. Right. Right. Yeah. So this is rather timely for recording this episode, but Ransomed Heart just put out on Instagram the other day. Um, this is from John Eldridge. She is the crescendo, the final astonishing work of God. Woman, in one last flourish, creation comes to a finish with Eve. She is the master's finishing touch. So it's there from the beginning, right? This idea that uh, Brooke, as you were just saying, Eve is the crown of creation, mm-hmm. right? She is the last thing that God creates in Genesis to be there for Adam because no helper was found suitable for him, right? And so right from the beginning, we have this tension of what do we do with Eve? <laughs> and we need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then, I I don't know, we hit our teens and we start on this journey of trying to figure out for ourselves what what the heck are we supposed to do with her? Yeah, there's this irresistible draw and then it seems like from that point it all just goes sideways one way or the other. Right, right. Like, I want that. There are so many ways that I can screw that up. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Like, so many ways. And it's funny, I mean, full disclosure, we've been sitting around this table staring at each other for the last 10 minutes trying to figure out what do we say next because this topic just seems so fraught with mishandling, misunderstanding, bad interpretation, whatever. Yeah. And it it, it begs that question, like where, where do we go from here as we're looking at this challenge of how do men pursue Eve how are they meant to how have they tried to and because I think you know so often reality is shaped by our own experiences that's all most of us have to fall back on Mm -hmm. and for most of us that's not been a story that seems to have been written well yeah so maybe let's start with what it's not right what are the things that that it's not supposed to be that is not supposed to look like or the ways that it can go horribly sideways Yeah. So, I mean, Eve is, she is the crown of creation, right? It's not that just she was the last thing. It was, it was the last thing because everything else had been done, but God still said, you know what, something's, it's just still not right. Something's missing. Mm -hmm. And not that men should not go to Eve, men should not go to woman as the answer for everything, but there is, God did create a need in men 
that is designed to be filled by her. But it's like if you try to put a puzzle together and you're trying to take this one piece and jam it into this section that it doesn't belong, like it'll sort of fit, right? You can you can kind of make it, but it doesn't fit in all of the empty space. And I feel like that's one of the really big ways that it can go sideways is that yes, she does fulfill a need, but when you look to her as the answer for the wrong question, mm-hmm. then sideways is the kindest way to say <laughs> that it's <has> gone. <laughs> well, this is one of the many, many reasons why I love you so much. But as we were talking about this earlier, the phrase that you used to talk about this is that Eve is kind of the final frontier yeah. for men. Yeah. And I'm more a Star Wars fan, but the little Trekkie inside of me just like <laughs> fell in love with you even more. <laughs> and, but I mean, it, again, if you're going to go the Trekkie route, like, you know, space is the final frontier. Like it's there, you know, it's there. You also know you have no clue what's out there. And yet you are irresistibly drawn towards it to yeah. want to go and explore and discover. And you're also painfully aware of the fact that it's fraught with danger. It's uncharted territory and you don't, know the first thing about what you're doing other than you want to go. Yeah. And I so love my dear that that's, that's (laughs) how you described Eve as you were proposing a podcast on Eve and the challenge that we as men face as we enter into this God designed pursuit of her. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, you, you are made for adventure. You are made to come through. You are made to demonstrate your strength in such wonderful ways. But that's, again, one of those, like, there, there are so many ways that this can go sideways. And it is, Eve was God's crowning moment of beauty. And that's an area right there that it can go sideways because, you know, as beauty, as the final frontier, as the missing piece that is absolutely necessary that can be cherished and loved and taken care of and protected and nurtured and it can flourish or it can be seen as conquest and something Mm -hmm. to dominate and control and it can become so distorted and so very sad and so very very far away from what god had originally designed Mm -hmm. Hmm. So there we go. There's a question for you, gentlemen. If if she is beauty, and this is a God-designed pursuit of beauty, like Tom said, maybe starting with the how does that go wrong would be easier to start with, but then how does it go right? Hmm. If she is beauty in the final frontier without it being conquest or controlled or abused. So one of the things I've been thinking about and, and you know, sort of along the lines of the Eve as conquest or to be controlled is, is really Eve is not the challenge. I'm not trying to surmount the challenge of Eve. The relationship is the challenge. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, is it even just getting our perspective straight on where are we supposed to be growing? Right. I'm growing in the way that I relate to her, not in the fact that I have more and more of her. Mm-hmm. Can we set up in our relationship with Eve 
as we're pursuing a woman, the idea that we are trying to relate to her better and better, which then takes a focus off just what Mm -hmm. I need to get out of it. But if I'm attempting to relate to her more and more, then I need to know where she's coming from too. Absolutely. That's yes. All women (laughs) right now are going yes to that one. And that's, you know, I I do want to throw out a disclaimer that I am no, I am in no way trying to say that I can speak for all women in this podcast. So please, if you're listening, please hear that, that I can only speak from my own experiences. This is not, guys, don't take this as this is what every woman wants. So this is what I do in five easy steps. Here it is. No, please don't hear that because that's not what I'm saying. Not a process, right? I mean, no. it's funny because uh, I've been quiet over here trying to think of a way to connect. And I just keep thinking about how I know even less and less about women as I, as I get ready to say something. <laughs> But one of the things I think about is a, is a process and a puzzle. And we've heard it, I've heard it referenced already here tonight. And I, going back on one of my deployments, I spent probably six weeks trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. And I, <laughs> and I, was I never going, could do those. I was going out of my mind trying to solve this thing. And then somebody said, hey, Mike, there's a, there's a, there's a, a process. There's just different, different ways you can do this. It's, yeah. it, or it's the same way you can do this. It's just a matter of learning the different moves. It's like, what? And so I, I looked it up, and sure enough, as soon as I can get to a certain way, I can just manipulate the, the cube, and it would it would get to it. And I was showing my buddy, hey, I, I solved the Rubik's Cube. I, I did it. He came back to me. He's like, did you really solve the Rubik's Cube, or are you just going through a process? Are mm. you just are you just getting it and manipulating it a mm. bunch of times until it gets to where the finished product is? And that whole process you actually did is not, is not really the solving it, right? I'm not like – I'm moving it to a specific way in order to make it the end result. Yeah. Even though I'm not actually looking at the at it from the very beginning and saying, hey, this is the two or three moves that I need to do to make this happen. It's more of a, well, I'm going to fix this the way I know how to fix this and I'm going to move it the way I know how to move this in order to solve it. I'm, I'm going back to like thinking about how today it's always about what books do I have to read? What what's the process in order to start a relationship? What you know? What app can I use now today to try to solve this? Woman? Instead of like what you said, Tom, about having that relationship and actually having those communications with somebody and actually trying to find out ways that you can come together, rather than tr- me trying to figure out how to solve this this, right. this puzzle. Yeah, and so we know that's one of the places that we can fall off, right? And as we all alluded to already, there's any number of ways this thing goes sideways, and and so in our sense of, oh crap, I don't know what to do, process seems like a surefire resolution. And as we talked about with physical challenge and spiritual challenge and mental challenge, that we seem to be drawn to processes. You know, yeah. Todd joked about that with spiritual challenge, that he tried to figure out a way to systematize it. And as we were talking with TJ, we were talking about just how comforted we are by processes, you know, figuring out how things work. And it seems to be one of the ongoing frustrations and tension points in relationships that it seems like we, and I would tentatively include women in that as well, that we keep trying to figure out how to make it a process with each other because we're just so aware of how difficult it is. Yeah, I don't even know what the alternative is because that's how hard this is to figure out. But you're, you're right, Mike. I mean, it's it's not a process. It's not just a puzzle to be solved. So then what? So there are some things that my wife appreciates probably that that Brooke wouldn't as much. Um, And so there are things in the specific relationship that 
not a process or formulaic, but but there is a, at least a part of learning how your partner yeah. operates, right? And you know, there's um, the Love Languages book, and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. So there's a book that you that you could read and and does have good stuff in it from that perspective of let me at least kind of hone in a little bit on on right. what's not going to be effective. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think if the desire is to love the other person well, then sometimes it won't feel so much like I'm trying to figure out the puzzle or solve the problem or figure out the process. It's just if you know your wife appreciates that you buy her flowers, then of course continue to do that because you know that is something that makes her feel loved or makes her feel special or chosen. But at the same time, don't make that the only thing. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, they're, yeah. You, like you said, it, it's it's got to be unique and meaningful to that person. There's no blanket thing that you can do in every relationship because every person is unique and different and is going to have their special things that are meaningful to them. And so you need to study that person mm-hmm. and get to know what I don't want to say what works and what doesn't, but in a way it does because it's meaningful to that person. So then, yes, you are going to want to continue to do that. And I don't feel like that's necessarily process. That's just trying to love that person well. Mm. Yeah, study is a good word, being a student of the other person. Yeah. But then I feel like one of the ways that can go is so your husband brings you flowers one day and you love it and you make sure you tell him and that's just wonderful. And then... It's almost like, well, he did he did that and that was really wonderful and that was great and I loved it. And so now sometimes for for the woman it it can go sideways in the sense that you ex- you you expect him to just know what's in your mm-hmm. head. It's almost like you want him to be a mind reader and that's just it's dangerous. It, it's incredibly unfair. But at the same time, you also want to know that your spouse has paid attention and has studied right. and does know you well enough to know the things that are meaningful. But it's just I feel like it's just such a just such a like a razor sharp edge. And it's really tricky to stay on that edge without falling off on either side some way. And and both both people, not just the husband, not just the wife, not just the boyfriend. You know what I mean? It, it goes we, we can all mess it up in so many different ways, unfortunately. <laughs> And it's funny because just this far into the conversation, this challenge already seems so much more fraught with challenge than any other conversation we've had. And, you know, so just like you were saying, you know, becoming a student of the the first thought that came into my mind of how this falls off the other side is Bill Murray's character from Groundhog Day. Mm hmm you know, where he gets to relive the same day over and over and over again. And so he chooses to fill his time in any number of interesting, entertaining, and, you know, less than moral ways. And, you know, one of those is, you know, finally attempting to get into bed the girl that he's been pursuing for a while and none of it's worked. And so he becomes a student of her, but not to love her, but just to get what he wants. Right. And so it's like, he's got his memorized checklist of, all right, favorite drink, favorite ice cream. Nope. Okay. She doesn't like white chocolate. Okay. Next time, next time, next time. And, and so studying, but in such a manipulative way right? that it has nothing to do with the relationship and everything to do with outcome. Yeah. And so, and Brooke, I love that you brought up how it can go wrong for the woman too. Oh, absolutely. So both sides kind of have, to be approaching it from the place of 
love first and learning second. And I think, you know, John, you said this is the area of challenge that seems most fraught with peril. But I think it's also because this one, the bar continues to move. Yeah. You know, I could say, I run, I want to run a five minute mile and I could get in shape to run a five minute mile and I could then just maintain that. And every so often yeah. check in and run a five minute mile. And I haven't like sat back down on the couch. And so I'm still getting out there and doing something physical, but I haven't moved my aim yet. Right. And this one, we don't, we don't get to pick what the aim is. Right. I bought flowers once this week and that was great this week. Mm -hmm. that's not like flowers once a week is not going to be the bar forever. Yeah. And, and so we have to be in that kind of continual learning mutually yes. in order to, to keep growing in that relationship. And, and that I think is a, a huge difference in this area. And I think that's where m most things become unhealthy. And I think you've said it, the conquest, right? It's, it's the, it's the, all right, I've learned what I needed to learn to get where I wanted to get. And that's it. It's not the continuous growth in a relationship, yeah. right? I think, you know, as you're talking about the Bill Murray character, I just keep thinking about like, what was the, what was his end goal, right? It wasn't the relationship. It wasn't the continuous uh, discussions with somebody afterwards. It was, all right, this is what I need. And I think most relationships, you know, we call them, we'll call them relationships, but most of those types of thoughts of, of where it's going to end, or what the end goal is, is where things become unhealthy, right? I think yeah. about I think about that even with my relationship with my wife. You know, we've been together for 13 years, married for 10, and it's a continuous growth even now, 10 years later down the road. It's not the same things that the same answers or the same things that I learned, you know, 10 years ago are not the same answers that I need to have today, yeah. right? It's a different, it's a different outcome. Things that used to make her upset at me when we were first dating there are completely different now that I'm, I'm older, right? I mean, I don't want to sound too cliche, but you know, I get in a lot of trouble if I don't put the sponge in the right exact spot, right? <laughs> or, or closing drawers. I don't know. Maybe that's just, I'm the only person, but I have a, I have a hard time closing drawers. Oh, like, you got to get the self-close ones. I get in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, but I think too, you know, if, if you're with someone long enough and, and I can look back at our relationship and, and we've been through like a lot of the sort of cliche relationship phases together, like high school, Tom and Liz looked totally different than college dating Tom and Liz, than courting Tom and Liz after college before, you know, we were actually engaged. And, you know, so the, the relationship and even, even the aims of the relationship really, change over time right and so the that goal isn't the same as it was when when you started because even if you are and full disclosure horrible at the dating game it would it would not be pretty um for me to be thrown back into that at this point but you know if you're just going out on a date with someone I feel like it would be really strange that you're like, my, my goal is for you to be my wife, you know, for the next 30 years, 40 years, you know? And, and so even if, even if that does end up becoming the kind of relationship that you have, it's not where it started. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to shift and move and grow and understand that, that things are, are different. What she needs from me now as you know, husband and father is totally different than, than where we were at yeah. way back in the day. 
But and even think about the dating game, right? You talk about going on dates and doing all this stuff, and the whole point of the dating game is to learn that person, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's the study time, right, and to do that. Yeah. And I don't know how many times, whenever I'm asking questions about, like, you know what, you know what can I do to better my relationship with Janelle? What can I do to to improve that? And then response that I've heard, and probably because I'm surrounding myself with a, a bunch of really smart guys, is date your wife. Yeah. Date your wife. And I'm always like, all right, okay, I'll take her to dinner, but what else do I need to do? <laughs> and it's like, no, like. Think about that, Mike. What are you doing when you're dating somebody? What are you What are you doing? And after I kind of have that realization, it's like, oh man, you know, it's a lot different perspective. When not that I feel like I've won her over, but it's almost like I continuously try to try mm-hmm. to continue that process of, hey, we're learning about each other each and every time we have these times alone, especially when it's hard to get a word in otherwise with <laughs> three boys. So, yeah. So kind of continuing that thought, Mike, one of the other pitfalls that, that comes to mind is the, hey, I, I have won her over. We are married. You know, we've been together for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Why even keep trying to figure it out? Why keep dating her? Mm-hmm. And so we can get complacent and just sort of sit back and be like, well, I got it. Yeah. Cross the finish line. Yeah, the passivity seems to be just as much a trap as as the conquest, mm-hmm. and so much more subtle. Because I think there there's a, a thin veneer of I don't know holiness or acceptability, for lack of better words, of you know, well, at least we're not scrapping it, or like, mm-hmm. you know, it could be so much worse. So, like, you know, look, we've just we've established our our boundaries, and yeah, and and that's just. That's just sad. That's what every woman wants. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but because this is so challenging and because it, it's it's so, you know, because it's not a process and it's not a puzzle and it's not systematized and, it, and it's not consistent, it it's so easy to fall off that other side of, all right, well, as long as the ship's not on fire and it's still afloat, you know, yeah, good enough, right? And, you know, the, the tragedy of that, but also the, the frequency of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like one of the ways that that can, you can fight the complacency or the pass- passivity is to know that it's not on just one of you. Like, hmm. you know, I, I said I can't speak for all women, but I can say this. We all enjoy being pursued in a in a loving, respectful way, not, you know, when it can go sideways. But we, I think women have to remember that guys like to be pursued too. Hmm. Like, it's not just that he should study her. She needs to remember what it was like to date her husband and what was she doing to catch his eye? What was she doing to, you know, draw him in? And so I think that's one of the things that we need to remember is that this is not one person's sole responsibility. This, you know, God designed Adam and Eve to be partners. And so we live this life together and it's, we have different roles that he designed for us, but he said, you two together forever, like you are going to do this together. This is a partnership. Hmm. All right. So I don't want to go too churchy out here. But one of the images that somebody painted for me, and I love this image, and I think you've heard me say this before, but 
during any of those romantic period times or, you know, dating periods, uh, you always see that image or maybe it's old school, but uh, somebody carving their initials in a tree, mm-hmm. you know, a little uh, ML plus JL, you know, heart forever. One of the things that I, somebody painted for me and I thought it was just a, a perfect image. And again, I don't want to say go to church too much here, but instead of taking that plus sign and thinking of it as a cross and putting God in between your relationship. So the more you pursue God and the more the other person pursue God, the closer that relationship can come together. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know if we're going to go on that subject now, but I think um, I love that image of the more I pursue God, the more I'm pursuing my partner and the more they pursue God, the more they're pursuing me and coming together as, as a, a, a relationship, a, a Christ centered relationship. Right. Yeah. Again, it's a little off topic, but I, no, I mean, I think it's, it's not off topic at all because that's how we can avoid a lot of those pitfalls, yeah. right? Because essentially what you're saying in in putting God in, in between the two of you is, you know, I'm working on my relationship with him, which means I'm becoming a better person myself right? so that I can pursue her better mm-hmm. because I'm coming from a, a more healthy, a, a more whole place myself. And so I'm not going to view her as conquest because I don't need my justification for right. her in that way. I'm not going to approach her with passivity because I know God has given me a strength that I need to lend to her. Right. And so I don't think you're off the mark at all with that, that, you know, we are, becoming who we're supposed to be so that we can be the person we are in that relationship. Yeah. It's like I was saying that, you know, you, we can't, like I can't ask John to be the answer to everything. And he can't ask that of me. Neither of us are equipped to do that. Like, you know, yes, there is, like I said, there was, there's this need in Adam that only Eve could fill, but she can't be everything. Like that has to, that void first has to be filled by God, and then everything else will fall into mm-hmm. the proper places. Yep. But if we try to put anything else in that void as closely as it may fit, it's still not going to, it's not going to be healthy. It's not going to be life giving. It's not going to flourish the way that it could if we had everything kind of in the proper alignment. Yeah. And really, Tom, you said, you know, if, you're, if we're becoming the best version of ourselves, that we can be by pursuing our relationship with God. I mean, that's really, and when we get down to the bottom of it, isn't that what we really want in these relationships is I want to offer the best version of myself mm-hmm. to John. And I know that that's what he wants to offer to me. And if, I mean, you can try real hard on your own and, you know, read all the self-help books that you can find. But like you said, until you're pursuing that relationship with God, you're not actually going to be the best version of yourself that you can then offer to someone else. Yeah. Well, and then it becomes, it comes from a place of striving and working and, right. and then it can become frustrating and, you know, bitterness and anger and, and all of that can set in because either what I'm doing is not reciprocated. What I'm doing isn't working. You know, I'm trying really hard you know, all of those things come from a place of seeking something from the relationship that shouldn't be sought from the relationship. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so in the other areas of challenge, you all have 
talked about the value of seeking those who have gone down the road before you, people who have been able to mentor you, people that you can look up to in various ways. So I feel like you know that's this this topic is no different and i mean i'm not i'm not going to try to pretend that i have all the answers i mean you know here here we are talking about relationships and marriage and i mean i was married to someone else before john and so i can't even pretend that you know i've got it all together and i like i said that i have all the answers but i think in a way it wasn't necessarily a mentor but i was able to look at some of the mistakes that happened in that relationship and have time to kind of examine them and work on trying to be a better version of myself before I entered into a relationship with John. So in that sense, you know, I I was able to better myself, even though it wasn't me doing it because I was pursuing a relationship with God. There were other married couples in my life who were helping me through that transition because that was a pretty painful thing to go through. But then I was, like I said, I was able to take what I had learned and bring it into this new relationship. But then even in that relationship with John, we have sought out people who have really healthy marriages, who are Christians, who have the kind of relationships that we can tell we have, we have similar values. And so just thought, you know, how has that looked for you in your relationship with your spouse being mentored in this area like you've been mentored in other areas of challenge? I think one of the things that stands out for us is, and we do have a a couple of um, couples that are a little further down the road, and one of the things that's been really refreshing is their admission of the challenge of it. Yep. You know, we've, we've talked to a couple of friends that, you know, have said our first 10 years of marriage, totally different from where we're at now. And looking back, you'd probably classify it as a train wreck kind of situation. And so having like, I don't know, it gives like freedom really of okay we don't need to have it all figured out it is hard number one it does get better number two uh, and you can work at improving it has been really helpful for us and i think also carries you through the ups and downs because that's the other piece too is it you're not going to nail it every time and even in just the other rhythms of life, there are going to be ups and downs and, and you know, one person's going to be at a low and the other person's going to be at a high. And, and so you have to, you know, navigate all of that other stuff together as well. And so knowing that kind of that's normal and, and oh, you've experienced that too. Okay. All right. So we're good. Like Yeah, it dispels right. that great misconception that once you get in a relationship everything's like smooth sailing (laughs) right and i love the the mentor coach idea of it i mean sometimes it's just an example you know janelle and i both are our parents are both divorced so for us that example has never been set out i've told this to you know some of my peers and some of my um 
my buddies, but it does, it is painful to know that my kids will never experience going to grandma and grandpa's house. They'll mm-hmm. never know what that feeling is. They've never seen a healthy relationship outside of what Janelle and I have, have set up at the home. And because of that, we have to surround ourselves with with people that have healthy relationships, right? And it has been, I don't want to say a, uh, a, a task or a chore, but it's something that we've sought out to try not only for to improve ourselves, to, to see what a healthy relationship looks like with these mentors, with these mm-hmm. you know people who are a little bit further down the path than we are to kind of coach us up on what, what those relationships can look like, right? Yeah. You know, even though um, today may not look like that, but that's, it, that's something we can strive for. And what we, and what we need to do, learn, from, learning from their mistakes and learning from, you know, some of the processes that they, they had in place that may not have worked right for them. And so it's been so helpful for us to have those people in our lives that it can just come down and say, Hey, this is what a relationship can look like. And not only that, but, and we've talked about the strength in our, in our community, in our village, but having guys like the guys around the table and, and guys that I, I, I talk to on, on Tuesdays that can bring other things to the table, you know, mm-hmm. the dating your wife, the reading another book to kind of remind <laughs> me of, of ways to show my wife that I love her. Right. And I'm so thankful to have those men and those women in my life to kind of help me out, you know, even, even on some level to, Hey, you know, Janelle's birthday is coming up. What can you help me figure out something for her? So, you know, something that gift or something, you know, I just love the fact that when I think about the coach and the coach mentality, it's not just men. It's also the women that are also helping me in this relationship with my wife. Yeah. And I just love how natural that's sounding as we're sitting here around the table talking about, yeah, you know, we, we ask for help and we ask for input and we ask for insight and we seek out, you know, other people that seem to, be further down the road and have some, some of this figured out because that was just not at all where my head was when like Brooke, I had a previous marriage that also ended as a train wreck. And, and so much of my mindset at that point was, I don't need any help. Like we're, we're, we're just, we're going to figure it out. I mean, it blows my mind that marriage and apparently pregnancy is you know, the, the two places where nobody insists that you get instruction. It's just like, here, here's a wedding ring and, or here's a baby. Good luck. Right. (laughs) We'll see you later. Yeah. Uh, you'll figure it out. And that mentality that you'll figure it out just seems so pervasive with this of, you know, you sit in a room full of guys and you, you bring up the word marriage conference and just count the eye rolls in the first 10 seconds and, you know, or couples counseling, yeah, like what, whatever it is. And, and so it just seems that another way that this thing goes sideways is even just the hint of a suggestion. You might need some help with this. Be, I, I don't know why that is the response, but I know that for most people, this feels like one of those places where you're just supposed to go it alone and you're just supposed to figure it out and you're just supposed to muscle through and make the best of it. And much like we talked about in the mental challenge episode, there is a wealth of knowledge from people that went before that yeah. even though there's no process, have figured out some of this. And there is a wealth of relationship, capacity, capability, intimacy, that's available that I might not even realize because like you said, Mike, I didn't see it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so our normal becomes our normal that we use to base everything else off of. 
And so if I've eclipsed what I saw by even just a little bit, that feels like a victory. Right. Anybody have any insight on this one? Why is it so hard <laughs> for most people, I feel myself, like, old, old me included? Yeah. I feel like one is is some of that maybe the conquest piece. She is mine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure this out. I own her, will win her, you know, whatever. Hopefully guys are not actually saying that out loud, but, you know, subconsciously, maybe that's part of it is like, I have to conquer her in some way, shape or form. And the other is, I think, a fear response. You know, when Mike was talking about, uh, you know, his and Janelle's parents both being divorced and all that that statistic hovers right around 50%. And so it's really easy to go, well, there's a lot of people that are not doing this right. So I'm going to try and figure it out on my own. But as he was talking, I'm also thinking, but that means that 50% of the people out there are in successful relationships. And so there are plenty of people out there that are making it work. And to go talk to them and and find them and yes if if you're trying to figure out how to grow in your relationship with your wife you don't want to surround yourself with a bunch of bitter divorcees but there are people out there that you can talk to when i feel like the idea of asking for help in whatever form a, a mentor couple a marriage conference couples counseling to ask for help we very often feel like if I'm doing that, I must be doing something wrong. Mm. I must have messed something up in order to need help rather than looking at it to strengthen what is already good to continue to be good rather than fixing a problem. Yeah. Whereas if we, you know, it's just like what a terrible analogy of you know, your car, you do preventative maintenance, you change the oil often so that the engine doesn't blow up. You don't wait until the engine blows up to then take it to a mechanic. I don't want to make it's it sound much more like... expensive that way. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to make it sound like, again, that sounds like problem to be solved, you know, but why would you not try to... Right, but it's true. Like, you know, we do have that counseling and by the way, guilty for sure early in our relationship of, of having that exact mindset Right, like nothing is wrong. Right. Why? Why are we going to go do this if nothing is wrong? And I, I said it's you know more expensive, half in jest, but honestly, like if you wait for something to be wrong, there's going to be a whole lot more work that you need to do. Like if if counseling is okay for you when it's already off the rails, that's a much harder place to come back from than let's like as we're going along keep this going and and moving in the right direction. So we once again paused and sat here staring at each other for several minutes trying to figure out how to land the plane on this because, you know, in the past challenge episodes, we've tried to offer some sense of, you know, depending on where you're at, here's a couple of things that we've found helpful and maybe it works for you. And that just feels like that would be really trite here. That because we've just spent so much time talking about you know, the the unique challenges that each relationship faces because it's made up of two unique people. It just seems like that would be a really insincere way to end what we've attempted to have be a very sincere conversation about the beauty and the challenge 
of this relationship that, that we get to be invited into. But with that said, you know, it feels like there, there may be some parting thoughts as we go. So how about gentlemen, you share one thing that you have studied about your wives that you find to be an endearing quality. And here I'll go first (laughs) about John. John sees me and I can, I know that without a doubt that he sees me, not what he wishes I was, not what I may eventually become, but he sees me, the good, the flaws, everything in between, and chooses to love me and doesn't make me feel like Wow, is that a difficult choice? He sees me for who I am and loves me for who I am. And that is one of the most incredible feelings. I've had to have been reminded of this a lot recently. But the one thing that comes to mind is that she's for me, even when I'm not necessarily for myself, not looking at myself through the right lens, just to know that that she is for me, regardless of the outcome, where we go, whatever happens, she's for me. I think one of the things that, um, as, as I was thinking about a response for this is Janelle's committed. And one of my biggest fears, and as I've already talked about, is is my parents being divorced and her parents being divorced and how easily I can go into the thought process of, well, I'm going to be part of that statistic as well. Like it is inevitable that we are going to split up at some point and she constantly reminds me that she is here for the long haul mm-hmm. that we are in it together and even sometimes it's it's i find it you know funny that she reminds the boys that hey we were the family here and you guys are part of our family we've invited you to be part of this family yeah. so it uh it reminds me of you know stories i've heard about you know relationships growing apart as as the kids get older and they start to lose the love for they had for each other because they were so focused in on the kids. But, you know, I, Janelle's constantly reminding me that, hey, we're, we're the team, we're the family, and, and we're in it together. So committed. I think I would say similar to what you said, Tom, that, sweetie, just your faith in me is something that I truly appreciate, that you not only see the things in me that I think are good and you love them, but you also see past the things in me that seem like such glaring weaknesses. And I know that when you see them, you see them as, yeah, that's, that's, that's not a big deal at all. And that you are just so confident in me and in us that there is not a thing in the world that could shake your faith in either one of those things. And that is a truly phenomenal place for me to be able to come from uh, to then pursue you. So as we wrap up this episode on relationships, on pursuing the one that we love, I'm not even sure we know what we have here, but this was a really enjoyable conversation to have the four of us, um, to go through the challenge of trying to articulate the beauty and the difficulty in this amazing thing 
that we've each been given the opportunity to experience this marriage that we each have with our spouse and to reflect on it, to marvel at it, to again, put words to the difficulty and the victories that we've experienced so far. Um, you know, Mike had said early on that th- this could be something that we could easily spend multiple episodes on. And so trying to capture all of this in a single segment has proven, I think, even more challenging than we thought when we first hit the record button. But we thank you for listening to it with us um, because we were definitely experiencing this as we went. So as always, thank you for listening to this with us. Thank you for being part of this community at Strong Towers. Uh, we are grateful for your support. We are grateful for your participation. Uh, we are grateful for this community. So share this with anyone else who you think would benefit from becoming a part of this community, uh, whose stories you know, we would love to participate with even as you participate in ours. So until next time, this is Tom, Mike, and John along with Brooke. Thanks for being with us.